You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So good to be with you again. We are continuing, really coming to a conclusion of our series, Invite Your Neighbor, Change the World. And we're wrapping up this weekend, if you are tracking with us in the same timeline, with a big day of service. And we have many, many volunteers going out. Over 600 people have signed up already, and we have 50-something projects. We even have projects in New York City. And of course, you know that we're a Pennsylvania-based church, so that's an exciting expansion of this effort, this movement that God is doing as we're learning how to invite our everyday neighbors into service of marginalized communities and beyond. And so it's really an exciting opportunity to help people to move closer to glorifying God with their lives because a lot of people aren't ready to worship with us, but they are ready to serve with us. And this is capitalizing on that reality. But what do we do when it's over? A lot of times in scripture, you see people who have great spiritual victories followed by something that is a little bit less than a victory. And that reminds me when I was in the army, I was a part of the 534th Military Police Company, Fort Clayton, Panama, and we won recognition as the best, the most combat-ready military police unit in the entire world. And it was a lot of effort getting ready, getting geared up for that recognition. And for the year before we won that award, it seems like we heard over and over and over again, you want to be the best MP company in the world? You have to work for it. And it's true. We had to work for it and we won. But then you know what we heard after we won recognition as the best MP company in the world? It wasn't, hey, now you can relax. It wasn't that at all. Not in the Army, not in the military police corps. But what we heard was, so you're the best MP company in the world? Now act like it. And so, you know, the pressure stayed on. Now, we don't intend to continue with the same level of pressure that a spiritual growth campaign like Invite Your Neighbor applies. And there's intentional pressure. We're geared up because we're changing lifestyles. We're changing habits, adding some new habits. And uh, our goal is, however, not just to relax when it's over. Our goal is not just to have an event that generates a few good memories and uh, some good feelings for a day, even though we're going to have some good memories and some good feelings. Our goal is to promote a lifestyle that extends way beyond a big day of service or a day of hope. We want to see long-term impact from Invite Your Neighbor. And again, we're not going to maintain the same intensity, but we do want to continue to bear fruit for the glory of God. We want to remain fruitful beyond a particular day. Jesus reminds us, uh, us of that in John chapter 15. And we're going to begin with verse 5, where Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, so this is why we can't just let up completely. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. And then jump down to verse 16. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Now, Obviously, we are to bear fruit. We abide in Jesus, and he abides in us, and we bear fruit. And there are two descriptions of that fruit in the passage that we just read. He wants us to bear much fruit. Much fruit. God wants to see an abundance of fruit. We are looking for long-term results in terms of abundance, but also long-term results in terms of continuing impact because not only much fruit, but Jesus says fruit that will last. Much fruit and fruit that will last. And obviously the key to that, and I'm going to give us about five things today to look at so that we can continue to bear fruit. And number one is that we have to stay connected to God. And, and that's part of the reason I have called this a spiritual growth campaign, because if it's just a mobilization effort just to get us to do some things, then it's going to fall short. But if we grow in our love, not only for each other, but our love for God and our connection to God, which is why we spent so much time in the Word of God, not only with our sermons, but with the devotionals that are part of the book that we've been studying it's so that we can grow in our relationship with God, in our love for God. Jesus said in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So we are all about growing in our relationship with God. And as much as we have emphasized loving and serving people, and we should, because if we love God, then the overflow of that does extend out to the people around us, our everyday neighbors, the marginalized neighbors in communities, perhaps not too far from where we live. We must love those people, but it has to be rooted in our love for God. If we don't have that connection with God and his love flowing to us and through us, we really can do nothing and we can't bear any fruit. Verse 7, it said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, we stay connected to God and we do so for the purpose of bearing much fruit and fruit that will last. Then we're going to be in a position to pray and see answered prayer and see God move, see God work, see miracles happen. And we are expecting God to do great things through each one of you who has been participating in Invite Your Neighbor. It is not just a mechanical effort that we're going through. As I said, it's not just mobilization for a day of service. It is about learning to grow in God and letting God 
flow through us, letting his life flow through us as he is the vine and we are the branches that stay connected to him. And I want to encourage you, stay connected to God. For many people, this might have been the first time that you ever participated in a life group, or it might be the first time that you ever regularly did devotionals on pretty much a daily basis, at least five days a week, we had set aside for you to do devotionals. And I want to encourage you beyond this invite your neighbor emphasis to stay in the word of God. Find another devotional. Find something that will help you grow in prayer and grow in the word, grow in your relationship with God. One of the uh, efforts that we had before, a spiritual growth campaign, we called Teach Us to Pray based on Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer. And this will help you. It is available to you. We will have the link for you on the screen and you will be able to download that, get that. There's no charge for it. And it will help you learn the pattern of prayer that Jesus taught us. And it's a pattern that is intended to represent a lifestyle of fruitfulness that will see God's kingdom come in power. And you're going to receive a lot of benefit for that. So stay with it. Just a little bit about what I do. I use this every single day. Every day I use this. I use the pattern of the Lord's Prayer for my personal devotionals and for my daily reading. Right now, I'm going through a read through the Bible in a year program with the Bible app, uversion.com. And you can download that and use that to keep regular and consistent in your study sticking with the vine and staying with the word of God. You know, one good thing about the Bible app is you get streaks going and you don't want to break a streak. You know, you get two or 300 days going, man, you don't want to miss a day and start back over. And I know that might be, uh, you know, a little bit of, of an appeal to your competitive nature. But if you're like me, you know, it works. So it really helps me to stay connected with the word of God. And I encourage you to do something like that because we must bear fruit for the Lord, and we can't do so apart from him and apart from his word. Now, what is fruit? You know, a lot of times when I've taught this in the past, I think about fruit as winning people to Christ, helping people to come into a relationship with Christ. And I'm sure that's part of it. But one thing that I know for certain is that this passage is not only about reaching people for Jesus, it's about the character of Jesus being developed in you. That's bearing fruit as well. The fruit of the Spirit is the character of Jesus lived out by us, and God wants us to demonstrate his character. And what's the most important aspect of the character of God? It's his love. And that's really what we've been trying to grow in through Invite Your Neighbor. Number one being love for your everyday neighbors. So, Number one, we talked about staying connected to God, but the, the second thing in terms of following up on this experience is that we need to stay in connection with our everyday neighbors. We need to learn how to show love. Victory Church, your commission is to reach your world for Jesus, the network of relationships that God has given to you. And I want to, I want to encourage you to continue to be invitational. You might not have a service project for the whole church plan, but you can do something good for somebody, for the organization perhaps that you work with in our big day of service. But you can be intentional about inviting people to serve with you in the community. 
And you can be intentional about inviting people to worship. We've said that not everybody's ready to accept your invitation to worship with you, but some are. And I want to encourage you, be invitational. Live an invitational lifestyle. Welcome your everyday neighbors to come a little bit closer to Jesus. And part of that's going to be inviting them to come a little bit closer to you because they're going to see Christ in you. You are growing in Christ's likeness. And so, so that's very important for you to be invitational. And uh, don't, don't hesitate to invite. Don't be intimidated. Hopefully, by inviting somebody, you, you learn that you could get out of your comfort zone a little bit and invite somebody, and you know maybe some people will respond. So invite them. Invite them to coffee with you. In, invite them to spend time with you. And you know I think the more that you invite people into your life, the more opportunity for God to do miracles in other people's lives. You know we recently did a sermon series called interruptible. And we noted that most of Jesus' miracles, if not all, were interruptions, all that are recorded in the scripture. Jesus was available. He invited people into his life and miracles happened. And I believe that if we'll be more open to people and invitational, we're going to have some divine interruptions that God is going to use in a big way. I want to encourage Victory Church people to get involved in civic organizations, organizations outside the church. You know, I know somebody who said, you know, if I'm in the church five or six nights a week, I know I'm not doing my job of being available out in the community. And I think that's a good pattern to live by. You know, we need to be available in the community. We need to be available in the room. Somebody wrote a book several years ago called Walk Across the Room, and that's a basic evangelistic concept. Just walk across the room and talk to somebody, maybe somebody that nobody else is speaking to. And I know, this whole invitational lifestyle, it can be a challenge to us introverts, and I say us because I am an introvert. I've had some good training that has helped me to overcome my introversion, but you know, I feel it. You know, I've been to two conferences recently where they told us to leave the people we came with and to form small groups with people that we didn't know. I didn't go to, to form a small group with somebody I don't know. I went to hang out with the people that I went with. But, you know, that's, that's me. I just want to, you know, keep things comfortable. But it's good to connect with people even that we don't know. And so... Let's, let's embrace this invitational lifestyle. It'll be all right. I promise you. You'll get through it. We'll get through it. And God's going to bless through you. You will bear fruit. Now, there's a group of everyday neighbors that you might not know yet. And this is especially true if you're attending in person. But it's also true even online that there are people watching with you. And maybe you're watching on demand and not watching with a live group of people, but there are opportunities to comment or to go to our Facebook page or some other online interactive page and have an online interactive community. And there are people in the community who are exploring, who maybe are connecting with Victory Church online for the very first time or in person coming to Victory Church for the first time. And, you know... They don't know anybody yet. I want to encourage you, get out of your comfort zone and be invitational. Be welcoming. Extend a welcome to somebody that you don't know. We used to have something we call the five-minute rule. And the five-minute rule is this. 
for the first five minutes after a worship service, don't talk to anybody you already know. Talk to somebody you don't know. Uh, yeah, that can be a little tough too, but try it. Because I believe that the neighbors that God sends to Victory Church, whether in person or online, are neighbors that we need to invite as well, that we need to welcome into some kind of connection that God is going to use. I, I once was away at another church on a Sunday, and the church had an advertised meeting time. I got there and found out that the first 30 minutes was not service, but just informal gathering where they hung out with each other and drank coffee or tea or whatever. And I just stood around for quite some time, and nobody talked to me. And I, I promise I wasn't, you know, standing with some kind of, you know, body language that said, don't dare come near me, you know. <laughs> I wasn't standing there that way. I, I think I was being kind of invitational, but nobody spoke to me. And I looked across the room, and there was another guy just standing there. And, you know, he didn't look like he was closed off, but he looked like he was a little uncomfortable because... It didn't seem like anybody was talking to him. So I made the effort, introvert me, I made the effort, even though it wasn't the church that I pastor or regularly attend, and I went over to him and started talking. Turns out he attended about two or three times before and still didn't know anybody in the church. And after the service was over, I was kind of sad for him because he came up to me and he said, thank you for talking to me. And you know, Victory Church, it shouldn't be that way at our church. Amen? Man, we ought to have the kind of openness where we see somebody just standing around, and even if they seem a little bit closed, man, let's be invitational. Let's be welcoming. Those are neighbors that we can welcome as well. So our everyday world, including within the church setting, when we see newer people who are maybe giving God and his church one last chance. Can we do that? I think we can. Let's grow in just being open and connected to everyday neighbors in any way that we possibly can. I mentioned civic groups and uh, that kind of thing, right? Let's get involved. Let's get connected. Let's get involved with our kids' sports teams. Whatever it takes, let's do it. Also, we want to stay connected to our marginalized neighbors. You know, we're not just going into Norristown or going into the Frankfurt area of Philadelphia or going into some area of high need and showing up as, you know, some great savior and then leaving and thinking we did something, you know, super fantastic. It is super fantastic, but we want to show our community that we are here for them. We're here for them. We're, we're not just showing up one minute and then we're gone. And fortunately, we've been doing this for enough years now that people know Victory Church is in it. We're in it. We're committed. But I want to encourage you in an individual way to stay connected. We looked at Isaiah chapter 58 with regard to our marginalized neighbor. Verse 5 says this, Is this the kind of fast I've chosen only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. It is not just a day for some kind of religious activity. It is about being committed to breaking oppression in whatever form it appears in our society in any way that we can. We are about 
untying the cords of the yoke and loosing the chains of injustice. That's straight from scripture. That's not a political agenda, even though it impacts politics, but this is about us being the people of God. Stay involved in this. Stay involved. This is how we're going to see the light of God shine through us like we could never believe. Read Isaiah 58 again. How can you stay involved? How can you stay involved? Well, stay involved by supporting organizations and ministries that are doing just that. You know, Compassion International exists to break children free from the bondage of poverty. And my wife and I, our family, uh, you know, we signed up to support kids. You know, you got to be careful when you go to a Christian concert because you'll end up supporting another kid. Uh, Victory Church, we're going to have Compassion International coming here and presenting us with some opportunities in February of next year. I want to encourage you, support ministries like that. World Vision, it doesn't matter. Get involved. Right now, I just started serving on the advisory council for Your Way Home, which is Montgomery County, Pennsylvania's official arm for serving the homeless population. I'm excited about that because I get to work with a lot of non-church people to do something that God tells me to do in Isaiah 58. And so I encourage you, Victory Church people, a lot of you have high-level leadership capacity. And there are all kinds of nonprofits in our community that need people like you on their boards. Get involved and don't get on a board just to be a leader or to have recognition. Get on board, get onto a board so that you can make an impact like you couldn't in any other way. I I believe that every high-level nonprofit in this area that's doing good work ought to have the benefit of a high-level victory member serving on their board. What do you think? I think that would be a good thing. I think that's part of God's call upon our church to be a center for equipping leaders, not only for leadership within the church, but leadership in the world around us. So get involved. Get involved. I can help you. I wrote a nominating letter just this past week for somebody to serve on the board of a crisis pregnancy center. I'll do that for you. I'll help you get connected. Pastor Michael, our outreach pastor, will help you get connected. And we can make an impact because we're here for the long haul. Amen? Amen. And there's also direct help. We have Victory Church people who connect with people from other churches every week to go out and do direct ministry with people who are homeless and who are destitute and who need a helping hand. Get involved. We'll help you to do that. Go to our website and you can find opportunities to get connected. And I want to encourage you, don't try to do it by yourself. You don't have to do this alone. Do it with your life group. Life groups are here to help each other to do what God has called us to do. I tell people often that our church is not necessarily going to take care of all your needs, but one of the things we're committed to do is to help you do and be all God has called you to do. And this is part of it. Our life groups exist for that. Hebrews 10, 24, a verse that we use throughout this study, says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And we want to get together in life groups so that we can do that. Remember, good deeds are God's plan for the church to demonstrate his love and his light, even in situations where it seems like the light is dim and where we we are in danger and we are maybe even facing the possibility of some kind of oppression. What are we supposed to focus on? The possibilities of, of 
oppression and losing our rights or demonstrating the goodness of God. I'm not saying be oblivious to any threat to our freedom. You know, the people prayed in Acts chapter 4, consider their threats. We should consider the threats, but then we should do what the early church did, and that is pray for the power of God and release the power of God through signs and wonders and miracles. But also remember that good deeds are part of God's plan to demonstrate His light and His power and His love even in trying circumstances. That's why 1 Peter 2.12 says, live such good lives among the pagans. Anybody living among some pagans? (laughs) Yeah, probably. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Our good deeds. That's what we should be known for. Church, let's be known for our good deeds. You know, we can be known for some other things, but biblically, those other things are peripheral. We need to be known for our love for God, our love for those who are hurting and broken, love for those who are marginalized, and we should also be known for this, our love for one another. So we talked about staying connected to God, staying connected to your everyday neighbors, staying connected to our marginalized neighbors, but we need to stay connected with each other. In the passage we read from John chapter 15 about abiding in the vine, Jesus said in verse 12, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And he's speaking about his disciples. We need to continue to to grow in love for our church family. And I don't think we can stay connected to the vine without staying connected to the family of the vine. That is God's church. And with the church, it's easy to see problems right now, isn't it? It's easy to see what's wrong. It's easy to be dissatisfied. And right now, there is a lot of dissatisfaction with the evangelical church world. And in some cases, that criticism is deserved. We have some course corrections to make. And I believe that invite your neighbor, change the world is a course correction because it focuses us on what I think God is calling us to do, to love him more, to love each other more, to love our neighbors more. But we should remember that while, you know, maybe the church needs some course corrections, God doesn't have another ship waiting in the wings for us. There's only one. It's the church of Jesus Christ. We should remember in our course corrections that we might be off course a little bit, but this ship is not sinking. It is not sinking, and there is no alternative. This this ship that we're on, God's church, not even the gates of Hades can prevail against it. And course corrections don't mean that we're sinking, and we got to stay together. And a lot of these movements that are pulling you off into some individualistic, highly individualistic approach to Christianity, they're not going to help you. You'll be like floating in the sea out there on your own, and that is not God's plan. He wants you on His team. He wants you in His boat, and God is... He, he, he wants you to be a part of what he's doing. And as we've said, Jesus is building his church. Amen. And he's not messing up. We mess up, but he's not. You might have to shift to another local church. That's fine. But you cannot leave the church behind. 
See, I, I think sometimes we have a little bit of a, uh, of a communications gap. It's like the old man who was sitting on the front porch of his house with his wife. They'd been married about 70 years. They were on up in years. And uh, the wife especially was a little bit hard of hearing. And so the guy said to her, Dear, after 70 years, I found you tried and true. She said, What? He said, After 70 years, I found you tried and true. She said, I can't hear you. What did you say? And even louder, he said, after 70 years, I've found you tried and true. And she said, Buster, after 70 years, I'm a little tired of you too. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes we get a little tired of some things, but we're in this together. That couple was still in it, and we're still in it. We are standing together. Don't jump ship. Don't jump out of the church. Don't jump out of the family of God, the body of Christ. As someone recently said, the grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. Let's water the grass, amen? Stay connected to the people you served with. Stay connected to your life group. Stay connected to your church. If you have to find another local church, maybe God is leading you to, to extend your efforts and your energy somewhere else. That's fine. Maybe he's calling you to come to Victory Church and be a part of what God is doing here. That's fine. But we must stay connected to the family of God. It's by our love for one another that the world knows that the Father sent the Son. We've got to stay together, stay connected. And all this wraps up with, go back to point one, love God. Just love God, love and serve God. Stay connected to God. Stay hungry for God. Stay a, a, a worshiper. Be a worshiper who worships God in spirit and in truth. Don't stay away from the household of faith. Don't stay away from worship services. If you have to do them online, then make sure you're there online and that you make that a regular part of your worship before God. You're part of this community. You're an important part. Even if you're not able to meet with us in person for whatever reason, maybe distance or health or some other issue, but you are a part and we want you to stay connected and get even more connected. So the first thing is to surrender our lives to God. He is the vine. We're the branches. We don't want to be just set aside as something that's useless and only fit to be burned. It might provide a little bit of warmth for a little while, but that's not God's intention. God's intention is that you bear much fruit and that you bear fruit that will last. And so I encourage you right now to pray to receive the life of Jesus into you because without him, we can't do anything, but with him, we can do anything. We can pray and ask God to do something and God's going to begin to answer your prayers. But it starts with your getting connected to Jesus. Would you pray this? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love for me. I believe Jesus died. He was raised from the dead and he is Lord. Forgive me of all my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your spirit. Fill me with your presence and help me live for you. You're the vine. I'm the branch, Lord. I'm staying connected to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Stay with us. Very important next steps. Some other things happening. So thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time we gather. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. 
If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.